You're listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Welcome, Netta. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, if you don't know Netta Varbanova, she is the creator of Health... Is that how you say your name? <laughs> perfect. You oh my God, perfect. <laughs> I, I said it just winging it, but you know, I, we're going to just roll with it. Good. Um, Netta is the creator of Healthy with Nettie. It, it, it's a whole healthy lifestyle brand and Instagram page and blog, and she kills it. Honestly, I've been following her Instagram for a while now, and I needed to get her on the show because... She posts such inspirational content, everything from recipes to fitness to her personal life. And I just, I love following you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I love following you too. You're seriously the cutest ever. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> I try to want to ask me questions, but like, I want to know about your diet plan that you came out with because that seems like it's really killing it for people. Oh my God. Thank you. I'll send it to you. Um, honestly, like, yeah, let's just have a full on conversation about wellness and health and weight loss and stuff today. Cause I think we have so much, um, you know, in common in the sense that like we have very similar beliefs and, you know, we kind of see things in a very similar way. So I'm just so excited to pick your brain, but no, Netta, this podcast is about you. This is about your journey. And well, obviously, we can talk about the body reset plan if you want to. But before we get into everything, I want to hear about how you got to where you are today. What's your story? Just a little kind of brief lowdown for people that don't know you, how you got into health and wellness, nutrition, if you have your own kind of health story that you want to share potentially, or, you know, how you got interested. Yeah. Um, so I moved to the States when I was 11 years old. We, my mom and I moved here from Bulgaria and we moved to Buffalo. That's where I went to middle school and high school. And it was such a huge culture shock for me because, um, the first thing I noticed people were eating a lot of frozen meals or fast food. There was literally a McDonald's on every corner and, For me, McDonald's in Bulgaria was only in the capital and like the large cities. So I would have McDonald's like once a year. And it was shocking to me. You know, I would go to high school and my friends would go to McDonald's or Subway on their lunch breaks. And I'm there like bringing my own food from home, you know, like trying to eat healthy. And um, that really intrigued me. So when I was in high school, I started the first... um, health club in the school and that was really fun and I also was able to change the cafeteria menu um, just by like suggesting some healthier options like you know they didn't have cauliflower crust pizza back then but um, they did add like whole wheat crust pizza um, also like whole wheat bread or multi-grain instead of just like that wonder bread you know like the white bread that's horrible Mm -hmm. and there's absolutely no nutritional value in it um 
So I made like small changes like that and I was really involved. Um, and I think that's where everything started. And once I graduated, I did my undergrad in business and marketing, but something was missing. And I always wanted to study nutrition, but all my friends were either studying um, business, marketing, or finance. And they were like, what would you do with a nutrition degree? You know? So I kind of like went the other way. And once I did my undergrad, I was like, no, I need to study more. Like business and marketing is just not doing it for me. You know, like I didn't have the passion. So I enrolled into um, IAN, the Integrative Institute of uh, Nutrition. And it's a one year course uh, for health coach and you do it online. So I did that. And then when I was graduating from there, I met uh, Tanya Zukabra from F Factor and I did an internship with her in the summer and I really loved everything there. So then I applied to NYU for my master's in nutrition and food studies and I graduated last year and here I am. Amazing. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. You've always been interested in health. Do you ever go through any health issues yourself or like weight issues? Because you have a total bang and bod. I was just curious, like, like, cause I personally got really into health and nutrition because I wanted to lose weight when I was like a teenager. I wanted to lose, like, it was always five pounds. I was always like, I want to just lose five pounds, but I was obsessed. And that's kind of how I, you know, was exposed to this whole world of health and wellness and actually, you know, loving your body to the size that you want it to be. So do you have any experience with that at all? Or were you always really fit? Well, I I mean, I would say, so I just turned 30 uh, two weeks ago and I feel the best ever, honestly. I, I feel like I'm so in shape and I, I just feel good from inside out, you know. Um, I was never overweight because I've always been into g- gymnastics and swimming and I was a cheerleader and then I ran cross country. So I was always involved in sports um and working out has always been a big passion of mine and I don't go to the gym to lose weight I go to relieve stress and you know like that feeling after you finish and you're just happy and all of your serotonin hormones are released and you're feeling good um but I did have issues with uh, IBS and really really bad bloating um when I was in probably like my early 20s and it's something that I've learned, you know, from trial and error with foods that work for me. And I've really realized that what may work for you, for example, could totally be poisonous for me. So I've experimented with cutting gluten out and gluten is definitely not the problem for me, but for some people, it's a huge issue with bloating, you know? So right now I'm staying low on dairy. I'm not completely dairy free, I'm not going to lie, but I'm definitely avoiding it as much as possible. And if I do have any dairy, I go for goat, like goat cheese or sheep cheese milk because it's usually better quality. And um, they say that goat's milk is closest to mother's milk as opposed to cow's milk. So I just mostly avoid cow in any way. Mm, Yeah, honestly, me too. I've noticed that when I have sheep's milk dairy or goat's milk dairy, my stomach doesn't react like it does with cow's milk. Like I actually don't get a reaction at all. Whereas if I eat a lot of cow's milk dairy or even any, like I get tummy pains and cramps. And, you know, I just truly believe that 
like, you know, I, I still eat cheese, but not an, an insane amount. I don't think it's that good for you. But I, I truly don't think that humans are meant to digest like another animal's milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so many great plant based options on the market that, you know, why would you even have that? Yeah, exactly. There's so many alternatives. So what's like a day in the life of eating for Netta? Like talk me through breakfast, snack, lunch, dinner, and you know, what other big tips you have for people that want to really get their health in check? Well, this week, I've been like, off my game because I'm so jet lag. I was in, in Europe for a month. And I was in Greece the last week with my grandma. So the seven hour difference like totally killed me. And usually I try to intermittent fast like three times a week. Um, but I'm waking up at like 4am. So I, I end up having like two breakfasts, lunch and a dinner. Um, but typically, you know, on a regular day, I wake up and I like to go to the gym uh, first thing in the morning. And I do work out on an empty stomach. Not because I'm trying to lose weight, but I just don't like to go on a you know, after like a full meal, I prefer to eat my breakfast afterwards. But it is great for people who are trying to lose weight. If that is your goal, I would recommend hitting the gym first thing in the morning when you have fasted, because you're going to be burning off stored body fat as opposed to burning off the banana or the shake that you had on the way to the gym, if that makes sense. Um, Totally. I agree. Yeah, after the gym, I love scrambled eggs. I I could eat scrambled eggs like every day, but of course I switch it up. So one morning I'll have like um, one, two scrambled eggs um, on like a paleo bagel. One of my bagels, I love them. Or sometimes I'll just have the paleo bagel with the vegan cream cheese and tomato, cucumber, or with avocado. Uh, someday I'll have like a chia seed pudding that I made overnight. And that's really easy to like bring on if you're going to a meeting or something and you just like want to take it out of the fridge and eat it, you know, on your way to wherever you're going. Um, for lunch, I usually have a salad. I love a big salad with a lot of veggies in it and um, like grilled chicken or grilled salmon. And my lunch is usually like around 2 p.m. So I don't need an afternoon snack. I, I usually go straight to dinner around like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. the latest. And dinner is um, sometimes like zucchini noodles with bolognese sauce and a salad, or I love a chicken soup or spinach soup, for example. And I love anything cauliflower rice based. So I'll do like a cauliflower rice with um, a salmon burger and mango salsa, or like a vegetable stir fry and add chicken and a lot of veggies and maybe some tamari and and that's really good too. Or if I'm out, um, when I go out for dinner, I always share with whoever I'm at. So I like to get like three appetizers that are either um, seafood based, like, you know, sashimi and um, I don't know, like raw scallops or something. And then a like green bean salad and and then get um, one entree to share. So like we would split uh, salmon or chicken and get two, three different vegetable sides. I love veggies and I always incorporate them into every meal. And it really works for me. It helps me like get all my fiber and because I stopped eating Gigi crackers. Like I know 
you you were doing the Gigi Crackers, I think, at one time, and I think everyone did. But let's um, talk about this. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> First of all, cyber in so many other ways. Like you don't need to be eating Gigi Crackers every single day. And I have to tell you, I'm going to the bathroom like two to three times a day. You know, every single day, I don't have a problem with bowel movements and. Um, I was just speaking with a client of mine the other day that she basically feels like she's addicted to these Gigi crackers and she's scared to get off them because she's afraid, you know, will she make bowel movements? And I gave her some tips and she's now five days off of them and she's doing really well. Yeah. So let's, for the listeners that don't know about the whole Gigi cracker scandal, can we please talk about this? Because I haven't had them in ages too and I actually feel a lot better um but do you want to kind of explain what came out in the news that what was it again exactly well they were saying that um so it's not like anything hidden they never claimed to be organic and um it came out that basically they've been sprayed with glyphosate and that's basically roundup and it's not good for the gut and it's been linked to yeah, it's toxic. I mean, it's pure toxic. And my doctor, I'm seeing a functional doctor in LA. She's just like, Oh my God, this is like the worst. You have to completely stay off of it. And I reached out to Gigi myself because I have promoted them endlessly without, you know, ever being paid for it over the years. And cause I really believed in the product and I liked it. And, um, I just reached out to them and I was like, you know, I want to know is, like, are your crops sprayed? And they basically were very um, blunt with me. And they just said, you know, we, uh, we're not organic and we can't like really share this information. We don't know for sure, but it's like an answer that you're better off not even answering that, you know? So I was like, all right, that says a lot. And um, I would just rather avoid it if I can than be eating something that's not good for me. Because mm. you promote, for the listeners that don't know you, you promote high fiber, high protein, kind of a lower carb, whole food type diet, right? Yeah. 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 So the fiber thing, guys, if you don't know what Gigi crackers are, they're really, really high in fiber. I've promoted them a lot too, but I haven't really been having them lately, obviously, because of all this info that's come out, but also because I've been traveling and I haven't really been home, so I haven't really had the opportunity to eat them as well, but I'm really turned off of them after hearing all of that glyphosate's just disgusting. It's like so awful for us. And, you know, there are so many alternatives, like better alternatives too, because like Gigi crackers have gluten as well, right? Like doing flax yeah. crackers or something is really good as well. Like what are some of the alternatives that you'd recommend? So um, there's flakers and they're just flax crackers. I, I think they're, nine grams of carbs and eight grams of fiber. So one net carb for like eight of them, which is nothing. They are higher in fat because of the flax, but they're great. I mean, I personally cannot eat more than eight because they're so filling, you know, they have healthy fats, they have fiber in them. And um, I like to have them either with like a cashew, scallion, cream cheese, and like some salmon on top or, I'll do uh, guacamole or hummus. Um, I also like hummus with crudite. Like that's a great snack to have as well. Mm, There's a lot yeah. of options. And 
What are some Netty approved snacks? Because I know a lot of people listening, like they can't just do, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner or lunch and dinner. If they do intermittent fasting, they want like a snack in the afternoon or something. What are some Netty approved snacks that will be good for, you know, if maintaining or even losing weight? Because I know a lot of women struggle with, you know, wanting to lose weight, obviously, you know, it's, it's such a big thing in our culture right now. So doing it the healthy way is so important. And I know we both preach that. So we don't want to starve ourselves. But you know, what are some healthy snacks that people can can eat and integrate into their daily lives that, you know, a are healthy and b will keep them satisfied? Um, So I'm a big believer in eating whole foods over packaged foods. Um, if you are home or if you're in the office and you have, you're like able to get whole foods, then I would recommend that for an afternoon snack. And I'll give you an example of both because sometimes like package is the only way to go. Like if you're traveling, you know, you have to go for a bar or something. Um, my favorite things like for the afternoon is I love vegetables and, um, I'll snack on them with some hummus or, I really like um, sliced cucumber in circles. And then I'll put a little bit of cream cheese and um, smoked salmon on top. That's like a great appetizer as well if you're hosting. People love it. Um, Sometimes I do like turkey and cheese roll-ups with mustard in the middle. Um, What else? I like pistachios. They're great. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, sometimes I have like a pear with sprinkle with cinnamon and like a little bit of nut butter or tahini, like sesame seeds um, butter. It's so good. Mm. What do you it's think about fruit? Fruit? Yeah, because I know a lot of different health professionals, like, you know, especially in the low carb space, say don't really have any a lot of fruit. Like I personally love to have a bit of fruit more in the beginning of the day. Um, You know, I used to be pretty anti-fruit when I was a little bit more like crazy low carb last year, but it, you know, I I don't see like it's, it's never affected me negatively and I actually enjoy it. So I've reintegrated it into my life. And I think, you know, it's silly kind of cutting out that whole food group because it is a bit higher in sugar. So like, what do you think about fruit and what do you tell your clients I mean, fruit is so good for you. It's definitely not going to kill you and it's not going to make you gain weight unless you're eating like five bananas every single day. But like, let's be real. Who does that? You know, Um, I think having variety in the diet is the most important thing. So I recommend pears and kiwis and berries. They're all high in fiber and lower in sugar compared to like mangoes or papayas. But then again, like mangoes and papayas are also so beneficial and they have a lot of vitamins and papaya has enzymes that are really good for digestion. Um, So it's good to switch it up. And for me, it's the best having it in the morning on an empty stomach or um, sometimes I have it in the afternoon if I don't really have like another snack. Like I love an apple or a pear sprinkled with cinnamon and and nut butter. Um, I also really like raw rev bars i don't know if you have ever tried them they're vegan Mm -hmm. and they're gluten-free and some of them have like 13 to 14 grams of fiber in in a bar and like three grams of sugar so um that's a bar i usually have in my bag when i'm traveling and like on a plane and i don't have time to get anything else it's really like a lifesaver 
Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So I also wanted to pick your brain about, before we get into the questions that people asked you on your Instagram, I wanted to talk about portion sizes because I don't know if you know a lot about my story. I know we've been following each other just for a few months, but last year I was like really, really intense, low carb, like trying to lose weight constantly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I never had a lot to lose, but like I always just want it. Like I, I wanted to always, I wanted to feel really good in my body. And I just for some reason couldn't manage to freaking do it. It was like not that much weight anyways. And I just really struggled. So I went on a really low carb, more kind of like keto diet last year. And, you know, I was literally tracking everything I ate, but like I wasn't really looking at portion sizes because I was like, oh, it's fine. It's keto or it's low carb, like, or it's healthy. I can eat and, you know, as much of it as I want because like vegetables won't make me fat. But obviously that's, you know, not true if you're eating in abundance, like even if it's healthy food, I actually learned uh, the hard way that there's two different things. There's being healthy and then there's being healthy to lose weight. And I wasn't doing that and I was eating way too much and I was also overtraining so much. And I knew that I was, you know, not training for my, for, for the body that I wanted. So I kind of really stressed out, you know, and yeah. your levels can go up like that when you're, you were being so restrictive and like overtraining and mentally just like not fully checked in, you know, because you were so obsessive and restrictive. Yeah, I was obsessed. And I think that's like a huge thing you were asking about my body reset plan. Like, it's so funny because I finally lost the weight that I wanted to at the beginning of this year. And it was like effortless. It was like, oh, okay. And it was because I just changed things up. I started training in a different way. And I also was like way happier. And I was being positive with myself. And I was the biggest thing, Netty or Netta. Can I call you Netty? I like that. Yeah, yeah, you can call me Nettie. I love it too. I like it because I'm like Mimi and Nettie. Um, but yeah, like honestly, I the biggest thing was intuitive eating and like listening to my body when yeah. I ate my food, and that was something I was, you know, never I really totally agree with that. Yeah, I think it's so important because when you let go of all of that stress and you start to love your body and yourself, and you just start feeling better in your own skin and your hormone levels, you know, are not going to be crazy because you're not restricting yourself like that. And I think you really need to listen to your body. I mean, if eat when you're full, you know, eat when you're hungry and don't eat when you're full, because just because somebody serves you like the full portion, it doesn't mean you need to finish the whole plate. And me growing up, I mean, whenever I was with my grandma and my grandpa, I was not allowed to leave the dinner table until all of my food was finished. So I never used to eat when I was staying with them. And I would like go and stuff the sink with the food and like clog the sink or like throw it out the window. I mean, it was like crazy. And they would always complain to my mom. And then my mom was like, well, that's very strange. Like, Netta has no problem when she's with me and literally she eats like an animal (laughs) because my mom never pressured me and she just made the food and kind of left it there and I could serve myself as much or as little as I wanted and ate when I was hungry and it wasn't like eat all of your food on the plate, you know? So I think this has a lot to do with just your mentality in general. Mm, And also like not going to food 
for any emotional issues. And I think that's really big for a lot of people, mm-hmm. like not going to food when you're stressed, anxious, bored, or, you know, exactly. I mean, there's so many other things you could do that that's what I always say, you know, instead of like reaching for a cookie because you're feeling down, like, why don't you take a bubble bath or an Epsom salt bath or go to the park or call a friend, you know, and like talk to a friend and, and laugh or cry or whatever the issue is. But um, most of the time, you know, you're not really hungry. You're just for some reason craving that and your body Mm -hmm. has something to say, especially like when people are depressed or not really feeling great, they, they crave chocolates and carbs and um, you know, there are other ways to kind of like avoid that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The craving. Yeah, hundred percent. And honestly, you feel better for it, right? Like if you're feeling stressed and you just turn to food, you're going to feel worse afterwards. Like if you actually deal with those emotions, journal, meditate, go on a walk, call a friend, like there are so many other things. And I always say, like when I talk about this, you know, food isn't a box in your life. You know what I mean? Like stop having it as a box in your life. You have different boxes, like your relationship, your family life, your hobbies, your career, like box or food should not be a box. And I think that's, you know, so powerful to think of. It's not like food is there to fuel you and to nourish you and, you know, to celebrate over a little bit. But like, if you're at like a birthday or something, sure, and enjoy it. But like, it's not something it's not an activity eating is not an activity that you like, you know, really prioritize as like this huge big thing in your life. It's like you eat for fuel and you eat to be healthy. But you know, my hypnotherapist and I like did so much work on this and she actually introduced me to the whole, it's not a box thinking. And it's like so funny because now, because it's I not a box. that you say this. Right? Like it's, Have you food is not a box. About what? Primary foods? No. So you know, it's the same thing you're saying. Um, so primary foods are basically your career relationships, physical activity and spirituality. Those are like the main four. And it's like, that's how you get full on life, you know, and nutrition is a secondary source of energy, but primary foods or like non-food sources of nourishments are what really fuels us. And as children, we all lived on primary food, you know, like, for example, lovers thrive on the pure bliss and peace they're exper- experiencing while passionate um, influencers, for example, are fueled by their work and the excitement and rapture of daily life can feed us more than any food. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, oh, I love that yeah. what, what your therapist was saying, like checking off those boxes. Yeah. No, that's actually when you're a child, like playing outside with friends and it's dinner time. And like, you know, my grandpa used to call me and he's like, it's time to come in and eat. And I would just be like, no, I'm not hungry yet. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. It's that exact reason. Yeah, exactly. And I think everybody has that inside of them to go back to that place of not being obsessed with food. We live in a time where everyone's obsessed with food and like, it's really, really negative for our health and for our mindset as well. Like we get numbed out overeating. Like imagine overeating every day, like you're numbed. You don't feel those primary sources of nourishment as deeply as you are. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like some people are constantly full. 
And it's actually normal to feel hungry. I mean, I want to go to dinner and be excited for my meal and, and be hungry, you know, so, or, or like breakfast. And that's why sometimes in the morning, I'm like not that hungry. So it's okay to fast. And I'm not telling um, all the listeners that they should be doing intermittent fasting. But for me, it works on some days and on some days it just doesn't work at all. So you just have to listen to your body. But um exactly like what we've been saying, you know, eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full and just really listen to your body because it says a lot. Mm, Our bodies are literally better equipped for periods of fasting than they are for overconsumption of food. That is a fact. Exactly. Yeah. So many religions and and cultures that practice fasting. Um, Yeah. It's healthy. It is totally healthy. So do you want to take up some of the questions that you were asked on Instagram stories when promoting the podcast and we can kind of go through those? Yeah. Do you want to ask me? Cause I'm, I don't have my phone on me. So okay, you sent them to me. Hold on. Someone said like kitchen gadgets and like tricks in the kitchen that that's like comes off off the top of my head. Um, so like some kitchen tools that, I, I personally love to have is a food processor. Um, I use one by Brevo and I've had it for seven years. It's literally the best investment like that in a Vitamix, but I use the food processor more than the, my Vitamix blender because I just cook a lot. And with this food processor, like you can do batter or you can make burgers or um, like just chop things really finely. I use it all the time. Um, another thing that I really like is a spiralizer because I'm really into zucchini noodles. <laughs> I love them. Me too. Yeah, they're so good, aren't they? They're so good with like some walnut pesto and oh, dreamy. And it's like you can have them warm or cold. Like there's so much you can do with it. I think eating healthy is actually so freaking delicious when you do it the right way and all of the recipes show that like every time you post a recipe I'm like oh my god I need to do that yeah you have to try my zucchini ravioli so that's another kitchen tool that I use is um like a potato peeler and you know you can use it to peel fruit potatoes tomatoes or zucchini for example and you can make um either zucchini ravioli or you can make like a very pretty uh, thinly sliced cucumber salad, you know, like just, or you can also get a mandolin as well because that kind of does the same thing. Those are great mm-hmm. tools to have. Like yeah. I think these are some of my top. Oh, and and I cannot forget this because this is key to everything in cooking. You have to have a chef knife. And they can be expensive. So if you can't afford to get a whole set, then I just recommend getting like one that you can use for chopping Because it makes such a big difference when you're um, cutting your food with like a sharp knife as opposed to like something that's dough. And that can also be dangerous, you know. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love a nice sharp knife. (laughs) So one of the questions that, that you were asked as well was what motivates you on days that you feel like skipping a workout? Because you work out a lot. I'm always seeing you on your stories, whether it's a gym workout or a Melissa Wood Health workout, which I'm obsessed with. She's been on the podcast. Amazing episode. Like honestly obsessed with her. She's like the most inspirational. 
Um, and I love her workouts. So my grandma loves her. We we literally like do her workouts when I'm in Greece, and it was so funny. We just did one. Um, we did like three in a row, but we were really into like the chair series. And she has so many workouts, but every single day we were like doing the chair series. And the last day, my grandma was just like, "Oh my god!" Like she doesn't sit down for like a second to rest. Like how does she do it? <laughs> <laughs> your grandma's so freaking cute by the way we need to talk about her after we talk about the workout thing because yeah. she's adorable she's amazing um what motivates well, yeah. me yeah, um, honestly I always tell myself I am going to feel so much better after the workout and it doesn't mean that you need to go to like Barry's boot camp and fucking kill yourself I mean you can literally do 15 minutes Melissa Wood flow or some sort of like yoga or 15 minute like um, like a brisk walk or some sprints. You know, I also really like Kayla Itness, um, her sweat app because her workouts are 28 minutes. So that's a little bit more intense. But when I'm traveling, I either do her workouts or Melissa's. It just depends how I'm feeling. And I don't work out every single day, you know, like Obviously, there are days when you really have to listen to your body. And if you're sick or you're just not really feeling it, then maybe your body's trying to tell you something. And that means you can take a day off from the gym. But in general, whenever I do any sort of movement, I always feel better after. So um, that's something that keeps me motivated. And then another thing I can suggest is schedule a workout with a friend, you know, like go take a class or do a personal training session with a friend of yours. And you know, my friend Danielle Hamel, we always work out together in London and we have so much fun. And like, by the time the session is over, we're like, wait, what? How did that go by so fast? Yeah, honestly, Nettie, like it's so true. It's just the way that you see things. It's the way that you look at things because I used to hate working out like years ago. And then over the years, I've really trained myself to love it. And I feel it's because it feels amazing. Like I'm actually going to go on a run after this and I'm excited. Like I'm getting itchy feet. Like I'm excited to listen to an amazing audiobook or podcast or music, whatever I'm in the mood um, exactly. when that time comes. But like, I just want to go enjoy the fresh air and run and like just slow pace. It doesn't need to be intense. Like go, go, go. Just listen. It all goes back to listening to your body. Like that's kind of what I've realized. Like you're not going to do it if you hate it and why not enjoy it? Because like it feels amazing and it's a natural thing for us human beings to move, right? Like why do people dread working out? It's like a natural thing moving our bodies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So let's, I want to, before we finish, I really want to talk about you and your grandma. You've really helped her and you've been so public about this. You've helped her a lot through depression and you guys are really, really close. And I just find that so inspirational. You've actually inspired me to reach out to my grandma more. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I feel like I tell myself I'm so busy and like I, I've really started to, you know, call my grandma more often and, you know, just really build that relationship more because you've inspired me. I swear to God. So, so you know, for the listeners that don't know that story, do you want to kind of go into I have tears in my eyes. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's true. 
No, babe, like you're, you, what you share is really powerful stuff. And, you know, it's not spoken about enough. You know, the people talk about maintaining relationships with like your siblings or your parents, but like grandparents are forgotten about a lot. And I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. And for me, you know, uh, my parents got divorced when I was two years old and my mom was working, you know, she was raising me by herself. So my grandparents really helped a lot. And, um, you know, my grandma is like a mother figure and my mom and I are best friends, you know, and she's the best mom. And, but she's like almost like an older sister to me. And then there's like my grandma who really like raised me. And, um, I just feel like she's so dear to my heart and we have a really great connection and we also have a lot of fun. And, um, four years ago, like out of nowhere, she tried killing herself brutally. And, um, it just like came as such a shock because nobody knew that she was going through something on the inside, you know, and she hadn't like shared. And then we were blaming ourselves. Like, how could we miss the signs? Like, you know, like it was just the worst time of my life. And, um, you know, they were able to save her. She was in the hospital in surgery for seven hours and, nobody knew like is she alive like what's going on you know this it was this the shittiest hospital in Greece um Mm -hmm. because the health system there is not good so unless you're in a private hospital you're okay but they the ambulance picked her up and they had to take her to like the closest hospital and um you know later we were able to transfer her to get her better treatment and it took months of recovery and and years you know to really get to the state where she is now and uh, she's knock on wood back to like her happy self and and being funny and full of life you know like you see her on my instagram stories uh but it took a long time to to get there and i think it's so important to talk about mental health and reach out to people and and listen to people you know because um a lot of times we we're so like wrapped up in our own lives and our own problems that we're not fully there for like our friends or family. And it's just really important to sit and listen and ask them like, how are you? But like, how are you really? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, that's so heartbreaking. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that. I can't imagine how that would feel. And it's just so tough. It's crazy how we, you know, we're all so in our own heads. I feel like as human beings, we are so in our own heads. And, you know, we have this way of living in society where it's like, how are you? Like you were saying before, it's like, oh, I'm good. You and it's like, yeah, it's everything's just surface. We need to get deeper levels of relationships where we actually a ask the questions, b feel open enough to talk, right? Like, if you share a personal story with someone, maybe they'll open up even more to you. Like there are so many tips with mental health and, you know, things that you can really just start doing to ensure that that you're aware of your loved ones. I have to say, sorry, it's like, this is like the most emotional topic for me. But um, last year she was in the hospital for two months because we put her into treatment to do ECT, which is electrical shock therapy. and um, uh, basically like it's last resort when you do it with, when a patient has very severe depression and they're suicidal and, you know, antidepressants are not working. So, um, we checked her into a hospital and she was doing the treatments and 
Instagram, like my followers were so helpful during that time because I didn't know what to do. You know, I felt guilty that she was closed off in this mental hospital all by herself and, um, you know, putting her in there. And the first few times, like the first two weeks, the treatments, I didn't see any difference at all in her behavior. So I'm just thinking to myself, what am I doing to my grandma, you know, putting her here, even though I was visiting every single week and stuff. Um, So I reached out, you know, on my story and I told people what's going on and they were so supportive and so many people shared their own personal stories with either what they went through or their family or friend who's who's done um, ACT treatment. And they all told me that, you know, it takes time and it takes at least like six, seven sessions to start seeing the difference. And they just told me you have to stick in there, you know, push through things are going to get better. And because I was a really like low point in my life at that time. And honestly, the next week after three more treatments, she was like a new person. I mean, her eyes had a spark and she was smiling and um, it really helped her. I I talk about this all the time, like this treatment saved her life. And Mm -hmm. I'm not like telling people go and do it, but it's definitely something to look into um, because it completely saved her life. So what is it, ECT? What what is it exactly? It's electrical shock therapy. And um, when her doctor first recommended it, I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> We're not doing that because I, I thought of it. Um, like I was just looking at what I had known from like movies and how they like electrocute you and you're like shaking and moving and like all this crazy shit. But nowadays, like with the medical advanced systems, you know, they, they put you under anesthesia, um, And then they give you some sort of like a muscle relaxer. So you don't feel anything. You're not in pain. And it's basically a shock to the brain. Um, And it really provides a relief from mental disorders, especially for suicidal patients. I'm not exactly like sure what it does because, you know, I'm no doctor or anything, but um I've written it about it on my blog post, like more in detail. And I've added some studies in there as well, or people can just Google ECT therapy for depression and just look into it. Um, but it changed her life completely. You mm, know, that's incredible. I'm so happy you spoke about that. Cause I didn't really know about that before. And maybe that will help someone listening. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. And she, she did experience a little bit of um, memory loss. Um, so that's like the only side effect that you get, you know, um, it's really not a bad treatment. I, you don't get like seizures or anything like this, but she did have a little bit of memory loss. So, and honestly, it was a blessing because now she doesn't remember, um, all the bad parts of last year. She doesn't even remember staying at this hospital. You know, she remembers everything like before and after and, you know, like important life events, but just around that time, she's kind of like completely blocked it off. And, um, which is good because she can't go back to all those bad memories. Yeah, that's good though. I guess I, I want to learn more about it. That sounds just so crazy. You know, I would also, if she is looking for anything new to try out, I've 
really, really seen a lot change in my life with hypnotherapy. You basically get an incredible hypnotherapist to put you in a deep state of, it's like a guided meditation, but you're in a really deep trance and you kind of go through times in your childhood and triggers and, and the core issues of what you've had in your life that have, have, you know, triggered negative patterns and mindsets in your life, right? It doesn't have to just be with depression. It can be with anything like, you know, food issues, um, to anxiety and all that stuff. So I've actually used, used my hypnotherapist, Fiona Lamb in London a lot for that. So, you know, that's another big, I would love to see her, babe, you got to see her. She's amazing. She's so good. Yeah, you you'll give me the info next time I'm in London. Yeah. I'll check it out because I've started getting more into um, therapy work like that, and like um, I did emotional cold therapy with my functional doctor from LA, which was very interesting. And she said that I have um, abandonment issues from the age of two, without knowing that that's like when my parents got divorced. Wow. And she said that everything was passed on, like from my dad, and you know. Um, like things really start formulating when you're a child and you just kind of carry those things around oh, yeah. uh, until you're older and then they start coming out in other ways, you know, until you get down to the deep root cause. Yeah. You, what you absorb from the, you know, age of zero to seven, like you're a sponge in that, in that kind of gap, right? Like you are yeah. taking on everything the world is giving you. So even if your mom says no, honey, like, do not jump on the couch or go, you know, like, don't do this. You kind of, you can take that as something like, do not go outside your comfort zone or, you know, be like constantly don't take risks or like, you can really like misinterpret that, like the smallest things, you know, and our memories are such interesting places, right? Because you just, the way that we remember things isn't always the way that things actually happened, right? So with hypnotherapy, you can go back and change those memories. And it's just so powerful. It is so powerful. I've definitely got to uh, put you guys together. So Netta, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you as well. This I was so much fun. No, honestly, I would love to have you on again. Like this is such an incredible episode. I love, I love, love, love how it kind of integrated into this whole mental health and and mindset chat because I always like to talk about this and I think it's so important, you know, for yeah. health and nutrition. It's really important yeah. awareness and that. Exactly. It's all important, the mind and the body. So it's amazing to have an episode like this where we talk about both. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much.
so much. Honestly, I'm so, so, so grateful for you coming on the show. And yeah, let's definitely do another one soon.